This is the Garden Club Podcast, a monthly podcast exclusive to members of the Sunshine Garden Club, where we'll talk about all things gardening. Hi, Garden Club. I'm so excited that it's February. We are heading into spring. It is coming so soon. And I thought it would be a really good time this month, since we're talking about garden planning, to share with you my favorite varieties of different seeds from all different types of crops. When I first started seed starting and first started gardening, I really didn't know what to grow. I mean, I knew I wanted tomatoes, I knew I wanted peppers and beans, but when it came to which varieties, I was very confused. And so I relied on one of my friends and she had some great suggestions. But there was so much more that I think I could have used at that time. So many more suggestions for getting started. So there are thousands of varieties of different crops. I mean, it really is endless how many there are because new ones are being made all the time, Um, which is so exciting and it makes it really, really fun to go seed shopping and to add to your collection each year. So today I'm just going to be sharing some of my favorites. I think hearing other people's favorites is a great way to just get started building some of your collection. I'll tell you about what these favorite varieties are. I'll start alphabetically um, for different crops and work my way through, explain a little bit about why I like each one and go from there. So it might be a little bit of a long episode, um, but I hope that you can take some notes, listen, take notes about which ones you might want to try. So I'm going to start with basil. Uh, basil is a staple in my garden. It's a wonderful companion plant for pests, um, for the wonderful pollinators that it attracts when it goes to flower and it's delicious. I love making pesto all summer long. So one of my first varieties that I love is actually a different type of basil called holy basil or Tulsi. This is a medicinal herb. It's excellent for making tea. The pollinators love it. It spreads really nicely and it often self seeds, which means it'll come back year after year all on its own. It smells amazing. It's incredibly aromatic. It's beautiful. And like I said, it's great for tea um, and for pollinators. Then there's a couple um, standard basils that I like to grow, like the Genovese or like the Italian large leaf. Those are really great basils for pesto, for tomato sandwiches, for all kinds of delicious meals. Um, And then another one that I really like to have in the garden is Thai basil. I love using it for Asian meals. It's also really excellent for bouquets. So let's move into beans. Um, Some of my favorite beans, I love growing fava beans. Those are a really unique type of bean um, where you cook it, you cook the pot, uh, you cook the bean inside the pod, but before it's dry. So it's kind of more like an edamame or um, a bean like that. It's really good. It's a really early crop. So you're going to plant fava beans when it's quite cold out still, as soon as you can work the soil. Or if you have a mild winter climate, grow it in the winter. So highly recommend fava beans. It's also a really wonderful cover crop because it adds nitrogen back to your soil. It's a beautiful crop. It grows quite big and tall um, and has little white flowers. I really like growing fava beans. People do grow it just for the cover crop benefits if that's an interesting thing to you. Um, And then dragon tongue is a really fun one. It's a bush bean. The beans are, uh, you eat, you cook the whole bean before the beans like fill out the pods and they're really cool they're like a flatter bean really like tender and delicious and recipes and have like really cool texture and coloring to them 
Calypso and Midnight Turtle are both dry beans that I like to grow. Calypso has really cool like black and white markings. And then the Midnight Turtle is a great black bean. So those are good, some good dry bean recommendations. And there are some really fun different dry beans as well. Um, a couple pole beans that I like to grow. So when I talk about beans, there are a few different kinds. So there's bush beans. Those grow low to the ground in like a bush. Um, they don't take up a ton of space. There are pole beans and those grow up and continue to grow up like a trellis or you can plant them and they'll grow up corn or sunflower stalks so they'll they'll climb uh, quite a bit kind of like a pea but even more and then um, there are also dry beans which can be either pole or bush so you're just going to want to look at the variety and see what it says most dry beans are bush beans and then there are some other like more unique kinds like soybeans or noodle beans noodle beans um, are really cool they're a pole bean that I like to grow. And then the bean um, is incredibly long. So it will grow in these pods that are like a foot long and you kind of chop them up into like two inch segments and then cook them up like a typical green bean. But they're really fun to grow and they hang down a trellis and they look really awesome. Sunset Runner is another really beautiful one. They have beautiful red flowers. And then the bean is you want to cook it when it's pretty small or else it gets pretty tough, but you can also let it dry and the beans inside when they turn dry are like these cool, like stripey purple black beans. Super interesting. Kentucky Wonder is just a good staple pole bean. I really like to garden using the Three Sisters gardening method, which is where you grow corn, beans, and squash all together. The beans climb the corn and then the squash acts as ground cover. So pole beans are a really nice option if you want to try Three Sisters gardening. And then I love growing soy, um, heirloom soy varieties. I love edamame. It's so delicious. And soy often has a bad rep, mostly because of all the GMOs and the way it's grown inorganically. So if you can grow it in your garden organically and using heirloom seeds, it's not the same thing as going to the store and having soy products. Let's move into beets. Love growing beets. One of my favorite recipes is a beet burger. I believe I've shared it so far in the garden club with all of you. Beets are just such a fun thing to grow. Um, they grow really well in the fall. They grow really well in the spring. And then I can grow them all summer long as well, as long as it's not too hot. But the fall and the spring is when they're going to grow, grow best. A few of my favorite, Bull's Blood is a really good one. Horrible name. Great beet. It's a nice dark red beet. Uh, golden beets are great. They are gold, yellow. They're really um, mild tasting. If you don't like the taste of like a red beet, try the golden beet. They're beautiful. They're vibrant. I kind of like growing both. And then when I make beet burgers, I'll use a couple of both. If you, if you don't like beets, um, try growing them and doing like some more unique recipes, like try beet burgers, which they don't taste like beets really at all. You can also juice them. They're great for making juice. And then um, I also really like pickled beets. It's a really good way to use them. You can also shred them or use them like chopped up like matchsticks in salads and stuff, and they don't have the same flavor. Another beet, chioga, um, is like a light colored beet, and then it has like little red stripes in it. It's very cool on the inside. That's a fun one. So more root vegetables, uh, carrots. Carrots can be so tricky to grow. <laughs> you have to really heavily seed them to get good germination, and then you have to thin them pretty aggressively in order to have like a good, nice, sizable carrot. And they've taken me many, many years to grow, and I've only had success a handful of times. I tend to be too impatient to let them get nice and big. 
and they're just a tricky one to grow. So um, when you find a variety that works, stick with it. There are many cool colored varieties, but I find that the darker, the dark purple ones don't tend to grow very well for me. They just are kind of small. So I really like growing Danvers and Scarlet Nantes, any of like the long, straight, bigger carrots I tend to prefer. Um, but there is really nothing like a homegrown carrot. It's so tender. It's the best flavor. It's just nothing like a carrot you'll get at the store. So highly recommend trying them, even though they can be a little tricky. <clears throat> okay, so corn. Um, as far as sweet corn goes, I would find something local, heirloom organic if possible, or just organic locally grown to you. <clears throat> find what grows well for your cl- climate. I haven't had like tremendous success with a sweet corn but also haven't spent a lot of time growing them. I have more fun growing more of the heirloom dried popping corn varieties. I really like Italy Hill popcorn for a really good popcorn that you can literally let it dry on the plant, harvest it, um, take the little <clears throat> kernels off, and then you can pop it so easily. It's just amazing and it's so fun. Um, and then Glass Gem is another one. It's technically can be a popcorn, but uh, I haven't had as much success using it as popcorn. Instead, I use it more as decoration. It's just, it's stunning. If you want to grow the most beautiful thing you've ever seen come out of your vegetable garden, it is going to be the glass gem corn. Highly recommend it. Really, really stunning. Okay, we're only at seeds. So we got to keep moving. Uh, let's talk about cucumbers. Cucumbers, really fun to grow, kind of a staple in the summer garden. Really great for salads, sandwiches. I love, love, love growing this one variety called salt and pepper. It's a little yellow cucumber and it has a really um, creamy flesh. Uh, creamy is a weird word to use to describe it because it is crisp, but it's it's like it's just got a really amazing flavor. I really like it. It's really mild, great flavor, um, still crisp, and I've used it for pickles and I've used it just as fresh eating. Love cucumbers on my tomato sandwiches. I'm kind of a weirdo with my tomato sandwiches. I do pesto, cucumbers, tomatoes mayo, salt and pepper, and sometimes basil. I like to get a little funny with them sometimes. So anyways, um, so salt and pepper would be my number one recommendation. I tried lemon cucumber. That can be a fun one too. Not as good as the salt and pepper. And then a good classic cucumber is like the market more. But honestly, I'd rather just grow the salt and pepper throughout my whole garden. But I do like having a pickling cucumber. And There are a number of good pickling cucumbers as well. They're nice and small. So find a pickling cucumber and try a couple different varieties and see what you like. Eggplant is something I do enjoy growing. I really like making baba ganoush. It's so fun and so tasty. And um, other things, I love making like a breaded eggplant and doing kind of like an eggplant parm type dish. So a good staple eggplant is Black Beauty. It makes a beautiful uh, big eggplant. And then a really fun one that makes a much smaller eggplant. It's like a little pumpkin size. It's like it's it looks like a little tiny pumpkin. Uh, pumpkins on a stick is one one word for it. And then um, there's other some other words for it. Other varieties like that capture that same kind of essence as pumpkins on a stick. So look for one like a little small orange eggplant. The plant produces tons and tons of them. They're super cute and fun to grow, and tasty and small. They're just great addition to like um, a vegetable medley or something like that. Okay, so the next category is flowers. So I could spend a lot of time talking about my favorite flowers. And honestly, that could be a whole different episode and likely will be a whole month's topic. But I'm just going to share some of the 
general types of flowers that I like to grow in my garden, not as much the specific varieties. Just so you can get an idea, if you've never grown flowers before or it hasn't been a staple in your garden, some flowers that you may want to consider. Many, many of these the pollinators love. Um, they're really, most of these are really great for cut flower arrangements, making your own bouquets, bringing them in the house. And some of them um, are also edible. So I'll share the ones that are edible. So the first one is zinnia. That's a staple in my garden every year, no matter where I am. I love growing zinnias. Perfect for arrangements. Pollinators love them. So many different colorful options. The next is calendula. That is a medicinal flower, um, but also another great one for pollinators. But yes, it has many medicinal benefits. The specific variety that has the medicinal benefits, though, is the resina calendula. There are many other varieties grown more for beauty than the medicinal qualities. Yarrow is just a necessity in a garden. If you're worried about it spreading, try it in a pot first or in like a specific area. But it is, yarrow is just amazing. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, it's great for pollinators. It's wonderful for bouquets. It has so many different medicinal properties and it's a native. Uh, so definitely consider yarrow. It's a plant that you will want to have and it's a perennial. So it's going to come back year after year, even in cold climates. Another really fun one that works really good for fresh arrangements or dried arrangements is straw flower. It's got the coolest texture, so many different varieties to look at. I love growing straw flower. And then Cosmo is a flower I also really like growing. I think it's like the, the uh, strawberry lemonade variety that's really that I really like. Um, but there are many different varieties. And I'm trying a like a double petaled variety um, this year that I'm looking forward to. <clears throat> Snapdragon is a colder, hardy flower that will perennialize many places, meaning it will come back year after year, or it will at least stick around when it gets a little colder, or you can start it a little earlier. Beautiful. It kind of cut, cut and come again, so you can cut the stem, and it will keep sending off new blooms. Dahlia, ranunculus, and anemone are all flowers I love to grow, but they're a little different in that you don't start them by seed generally. You start them by like a tuber or a corm. So dahlias, you have to get the tubers that can be very hard to come by because they're incredibly popular and it seems to be like a supply and demand issue with dahlias. So try to find someone locally that might have some extra for you or you can search Etsy or places like that for some tubers. They can be pricey, but the good thing to know about tubers is once you buy them, your plant should make more tubers and then you can dig them up in the fall or uh, leave them in the ground if you're in a warmer climate and they will come back again or you can plant them again. So they do multiply. So one tuber might become five tubers in the fall and then you would have five times the plant. So it can be an investment, something to consider. The same thing will go for ranunculus and anemones. Those you start with white by corms, which I really don't know how to explain it. Look up a picture of it, but they're really small, um, probably about a half inch size. The ranunculus corms are really interesting looking. They kind of look like a little octopus. And ranunculus is a, just a beautiful spring flower. It only grows in the spring or in the cool temperatures, and it will die off in the summer. But again, you can save those corms and plant them again the next year. Anemones are a really cool one that I don't hear people talk about very much, but I grew them uh, a couple years ago in New York, and I'm growing them again this year in California. Another really beautiful spring flower. It's amazing in arrangements. Both ranunculus and anemone together are just like amazing for your spring flowers. A few more that I don't want to miss. Nasturtium. This is an edible flower and it is so beautiful. It adds a great kick to a salad. 
it trails and spreads um, itself really beautifully. The, the, the leaves look like lily pads and the flowers are bright, um, often orange or yellow or in that kind of family, but there are pink ones as well, red ones. Really beautiful flower. The leaves and the flowers are both edible and add a nice spice to recipes and salads and things like that. Sunflowers, you have to have sunflowers in your garden. Sometimes they can be hard to grow just because, you know, the rodents love to eat the eat the seeds before they sprout. Um, but sunflowers are a staple in my garden. I really like <clears throat> teddy bear sunflowers for the like, really small little ones, a multi-headed sunflower. And then for your giant big sunflowers, you can go for like a mammoth sunflower. It'll be like eight feet tall, just amazing. And then I also like some of the larger multi-headed ones. I don't have a specific variety to recommend, but I would suggest growing some of those as well. Um, <clears throat> poppies. There are so many different types of poppies. Shirley poppy is a popular one. I'm going to be trying growing like an African gray poppy this year. And then I always love growing California poppies. Of course, they're a native here in Southern California, but I've grown them in New York. They're so cheery. Having California poppies is just something that's always just made me very happy. Um, okay, so let's keep moving because we have a few more a few more crops to go through. Ground cherries. If you've never grown ground cherries, I highly recommend trying them out. You do have to start them by seed. Um, so two varieties I really recommend are a Peruvian ground cherry, which is um, sold in the stores as a golden berry. And it's very tropical tasting, um, pretty big, uh, like almost like cherry tomato sized fruits. And it's sweet, more like a fruit, but it looks and behaves more. It's in the tomato family. So it looks kind of the way it grows and the fruit itself looks like a tomato a bit. Um, but it's much sweeter and much more fruit like would highly suggest it. They grow in these little husks, these like little wrappers. It's kind of like having candy wrappers in your garden. And then when they're ripe, they drop or they are completely brown and they're really fun. Another variety I've grown is pineapple ground cherries and those are really tasty as well. A little smaller, more yellow, not as orange and not as tropical tasting. Even though they're called pineapple, I find the Peruvian ground cherries to be more tropical tasting. <clears throat> okay, so peppers. There are many peppers I like to grow. As far as sweet peppers go, I really like uh, the Jimmy Nardello. That's a really fun one, um, like a long, skinny, sweet snacking pepper. And then bell peppers, California Wonder, a big red, beautiful pepper. Uh, purple Beauty is a big purple bell pepper. It's a really fun one. Another snacking pepper, like a sweet banana pepper. And then growing poblano is something I always really like. Great for a sautéing. Um, people often grill them or smoke them. Really tasty, not a lot of heat. Um, um, and then spicy peppers, jalapeno is a staple. I've also grown serrano, but I find jalapeno just more of a staple in our garden. Habanero is extremely spicy, but it has very, very, very good flavor. So I really like growing habanero to make a hot sauce, but it is very spicy, so be warned on that note. Um, but there is an option if you don't want the spice and you want to try the flavor, and that is the abanada pepper, which is a non-spiced version of the abanero. Similarly, there is a non-spiced version of the jalapeno called anadapeno. And then the last one I really like to grow is cayenne peppers. I love making hot sauce with cayenne peppers. They pack a lot of heat, uh, but they make a great hot sauce. Um, paprika is another one I grow. So with all of these peppers, I do like to make my own cayenne powder, my own paprika powder, and my own chili powder with a lot of these different peppers. So that is something that can be really fun with peppers is you just let them dry, you dehydrate them, and then you can just blend them up into a powder. It does uh, 
release a lot of that heat into the air. So it's helpful to like wear a mask or do it in a blender and keep the lid on until the, the dust settles. But more info on, the, on that later. Okay, moving down. We're in the peas now. So we're getting closer to the end. Potatoes, Yukon Gold is just a staple in my garden. I love growing Yukon Gold. And then um, another really fun one is like the Adirondack Blue. I really like the purple potatoes. They have all those anthocyanines and they're really good for you and they're really tasty. So find some purple potatoes or blue potatoes that you like and give those a try as well. But I love growing the Yukon Gold. Uh, Some radish that I really like growing. Watermelon radish, although that's a little bit after too late for the season. They tend to be um, a really good fall radish or winter radish in California. So be worth getting some seeds and planting in the fall. You may still have time if you planted it right now, but they tend to not do well in bulk as soon as those longer days start to happen. Um, a couple other radishes that grow really well in the spring and that are kind of foolproof are French breakfast and cherry bell. French breakfast is such an easy one. I often don't harvest them in time and then they grow into these giant radishes and I'll just let them go to seed for the pollinators. But when I do harvest them in time, they're really tasty. You can roast them. You can chop them up finely. I marinate them in lime juice and put them on tacos. That's a fun one to grow as well. Very quick. They're like three weeks and they're they're producing for you. So if you want some quick satisfaction, try some radishes. Summer squash. Okay, so um, I'm not a huge summer squash fan. I'm going to be honest. I don't love them. There was this one Lebanese summer squash that I really liked growing. I don't know the name of the variety, but it was like a pale green, um, kind of the size of like a cucumber as opposed to like a zucchini, like a small cucumber, a little bit fatter, and it was a lot more mild and nutty tasting. I really like that one, so I'll try to get my hands on some of those. Again, classic zucchini is like the black beauty zucchini. And then another summer squash I really like to grow, mostly for the appearance of it because it looks really cool. But you can actually use it as a winter squash as well, either a winter or a summer. That's the tromboncino squash. It looks like a trumpet kind of. It's super long. It's like two feet long. It um, grows like a vine instead of a bush, and it will grow great on a trellis. And it's just like they're so cool looking. Those are really fun. And they are resistant to vine borers. So if you have issues with vine borers, the tromboncino are more resistant. Okay, so we have to talk about tomatoes because most people love growing tomatoes in their garden. Um, And so I'm going to share a few different options. Uh, When it comes to tomatoes, there are lots of different types of tomatoes. So there are your cherry tomatoes. My favorite cherry tomato is the honey drop, similar to the sun gold, but I just find it uh, more fun. There are different colors of honey drop. The one plant will produce multiple colors and um, they're very sweet. Everybody I know has always loved the honey drop. When it comes to uh, paste tomatoes, like for making sauces and soups and things like that, my favorite is the Italian heirloom. Uh, That one has been really successful for me. And then another one that I really like is a hybrid tomato, uh, and that's called Juliet. It's incredibly productive, and honestly, if I was only going to grow one tomato in my entire garden, it would probably be that one just because it is so productive. Some um, slicer tomatoes, like the bigger ones that you will use for like sandwiches or um, things like that would be the gold metal. I really like gold metal. That is gold, like it's yellow and orange together. Beautiful, big, really tasty, really mild. Copia is like an all yellow big one that I really like. These are both heirlooms. And then a couple other heirloom, bigger 
um, darker ones, more in like the blue, purple, red colors are Cherokee purple and Brandywine. Not a big fan of those myself, but my dad loves them and many, many people do. And then a couple others um, is, well, one other one that I like growing is a saladette tomato. So it's not, um, it's like between a uh, cherry and a slicer. It's kind of this medium size and it's called the glacier. I like it because it's um, just produces earlier than any of my other tomatoes. So I get, get tomatoes a little sooner because of that. And that one is determinate tomato, so it doesn't grow and grow and grow. It just grows in like a medium-ish bush, and it's pretty manageable if you have a smaller space. <clears throat> so let's talk about watermelon. Honestly, when I lived in New York, I didn't have a whole lot of success with watermelon just because we had a shorter growing season. But the two that I did enjoy growing and had some success with was Sugar Baby, a nice, small, individual-sized watermelon, and the moon and stars was really fun too. That one looks like little stars um, on the outside. It's dark and then has little spots. And then on the inside is a yellow. And then um, the last category is winter squash. So a few winter squash that I love growing. My favorite is honey nut. It's like a mini butternut squash. So it has the flavor of a butternut, but extra sweet. Really cute, personal, like kind of individual sized squash. Uh, really, really, really tasty. And then butternut is also one of my favorite. I love growing like the Waltham butternut or, you know, kind of any butternut really that I that I have. Buttercup is another fun one. It's kind of like an acorn squash. Honestly, it's in its own category. Really like buttery, delicious uh, squash. Really makes it amazing soup. So that's a really fun one to grow. Acorn and also we have this amazing uh, stuffed acorn squash recipe that we really enjoy. And that's a really fun one. Delicata squash is great because you don't need to discard the skin. You actually can eat the skin and it basically kind of just like totally melts in your mouth with the rest of the squash. So definitely if you haven't had delicata squash, get some at the store and give it a try and then try growing it. It's super delicious. Um, with pumpkins, the two pumpkins I really like to grow are pumpkin pie pumpkins for making, you know, like for pumpkin pies. They're nice compact pumpkin. And then I love growing the Jarrodale pumpkin. That's like a big eight to 10 pound pumpkin. It's a blue, a light blue color. And the flesh is like a bright orange, amazing seeds, amazing pumpkin flavor, really delicious to eat, beautiful to grow and a good medium pumpkin. So that was like 26 minutes of me talking about my favorite varieties. And I know it might have been a lot. I didn't talk about everything. You'll see there's like not everything was on this list. But I do hope that it gave you some ideas and maybe it was just fun to listen to me share some of my favorite varieties. Maybe it wasn't. Um, but I personally would have found this really helpful when I was first getting started, just knowing like what varieties, where to even start. I mean, you get these seed catalogs, you're flipping through, but it's so hard to know what to grow. Um, and hearing from other people can be a really nice step in terms of making some purchases with your seeds. So tell me... Um, in our Facebook page or send me a message and let me know which varieties you're most interested in trying or which ones are your favorite. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. We will talk about it in our monthly meetup this month and I um, hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you all for being here. I'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.